Hi, and welcome to What I Wish I'd Known for the second episode of our two-part interview with Marcus Sheridan. What I Wish I'd Known is the Google Partners podcast, and I'm your host, Alex Langshire. So we're picking up where we left off with the awesomeness from part one of our interview with Marcus. Marcus is the author of They Ask, You Answer, and has a well-earned reputation for being a true expert in the field of inbound marketing. He really does have a remarkably clear line and point of view on inbound marketing as a strategy. And what I really like about Marcus is that he pairs us with a well-defined tactical plan that is really just relentlessly focused on outcomes. It just makes for some super compelling listening. So enjoy as we pick up from when we left off. Well, Marcus, you know what the premise of the podcast is. If you were starting off today, what would you wish you'd sit down and tell your younger Marcus self about about inbound marketing <laughs> and building your business? The number one problem in the space right now, mm-hmm. and what I wish everybody knew at the beginning was this, unless you have buy-in for inbound, it shall blow up in your face. Point two, too much of the content that is being produced by companies is way too fluffy. And this leads us to point three, what I wish I'd known, which is every company should be talking openly and honestly about money, about money. Fantastic. What's your fourth point? Video, bud. Let's talk about it. So the the game-changing stat, the one that keeps me up at night right now, is, you know, they say by the year 2019, which is less than nine months away, that 80% of the content we consume online as buyers and consumers is going to be video-based content. That's heavy. That's heavy stuff. So you got to ask yourself, what percentage of our messaging, of our sales messaging, of our content right now is video-based, visual, shows it? So what does this all mean? What does this all mean? It means a couple things. Number one, we're all media companies, whether we like it or not. Okay, I'm a media company that happens to sell swimming pools. I'm a media company that happens to do digital sales and marketing services. And I'm a media company that happens to do keynote speeches around the world. All right. Those are the three companies I have, but they're all media companies. Make no bones about it. I know that in the marketplace accepts that as well. Whether they call it that or not, it is what it is. So we're all media companies and we have to accept that whether we like it or not. And if we see ourselves as a media company, we start making decisions accordingly. Like for example, almost all of our clients, and this is unheard of for most agencies, Almost all of our clients right now have a full-time videographer. And I'm not talking, not all of our clients are huge companies. I mean, I got $5 million companies with full-time videographers. I got $100 million companies with two or three full-time videographers, right? Now, that is very progressive. Most agencies aren't thinking like that. We're teaching our clients how to have a culture of video in-house. We're teaching their sales teams how to integrate video into the sales process, which is a big deal. And that's what I want to lead to this next point which is one of the most powerful videos that you can ever create. And it's a game changer for your sales team, and they will love you until the end of time if you help them create it. And that is what we call the 80% video. What's the 80% video? Well, if you ask any sales team, what percentage of your questions that you get on a first sales call are essentially the same questions every single time? They're going to say, about 80%. In other words, we keep going out over and over again to answer the same 80% of questions on every single sales call, assuming it's the same service or product. So why do we do that? Do they need the practice? I mean, have they just not figured out the answers yet? It's crazy, right, Alex? But yet we do that all the time. And so the question begs, what would happen if every single prospect 
knew the answer to those 80%, but they didn't just know the answer. They had heard you give it to them. They had seen you give it to them. And because they had heard you and seen you, they felt like they knew you and therefore they trusted you. How would your sales appointments change in that moment? And as we know, they would change dramatically. And so what you do to create this 80% video is you get your sales team together and you say, I want you to brainstorm each one of you, the top 10 questions you get in every first sales call. Now, once you're done, you merge those lists together and you choose the seven most repeated answers. You take those seven most repeated questions that you get in these sales calls and you produce an individual video on each one, answering them honestly and transparently. So it essentially creates seven videos. Then you take those seven videos, you mash them up, you edit them out to make them clean. And you have, at that point, what is the 80% video, which is answering those seven major questions that you get every time. And now the key is you integrate it as early as possible into your sales process. And so if I'm talking to you, Alex, on a sales call, and I'm like, okay, Alex, so I'm going to come out there Friday excited to meet with you now. In order to make the best use of your time and to prevent us from making any mistakes throughout this process, I'm going to send you a video. This video is going to answer seven major questions that I know you have right now that you need to know in order for us to have this really effective time together. Will you make sure to review these questions before our appointment on Friday? And of course, you're going to say almost every single time, yes, Marcus, I'll make sure to check that out beforehand. And now though, Instead of me spending all that time building relationships of trust, once I'm with the prospect, I'm spending more time doing that thing that I'm supposed to do, which is selling. Less time teaching. That's the idea. That's the power of video. And one more point about video. I'm not leaders. I didn't always integrate it. And once I start, like once I really got the vision of video, even as a pool guy, some crazy stuff happened to me, Alex. It's a true story. So it used to be that I would knock on the doors for these sales calls that I had. Knock on the door and I would hear a kid in the background say, mom, dad, pool guy's here. Because the kid always knew if pool guy was coming because the kids were fired up. It's like Christmas morning, right? So they know this pool guy is coming to my house because I might get a pool in my backyard. So that happened for years. Then we started to integrate video into the sales process. And one night I knocked on the door and I heard a kid say, mom, dad, the guy on the video is here. And I knew that sales call was going to be very, very different. And then I started to hear over time, because we were using it so well, I heard as I knocked on the door, mom, dad, Marcus from the video is here. <laughs> and that sales call, <laughs> let me tell you, is really, really different. And this is the challenge. This is the goal that we all should have. That's what's possible with video. Do they hear your voice before you hear them? Have they seen you before you've seen them? Do they know you before you know them? And if they don't, this is the opportunity that we have. And that's the essence of inbound. Any questions about that one, Alex? Yeah, actually I do. And I love, love, love this point. So let's get super tactical with you. Um, you talked about you know, smaller companies are hiring videographers because you think it's just that important. But if I want to start today, have you noticed any difference with just taking out your phone and shooting this straight up versus, you know, doing full on production? I mean, is there a benefit to just starting with what you have right now versus waiting to get it a little bit better? Well, there's no question there. Some is better than none. There's also no question that this quest for perfection has killed more great video than maybe anything else because companies, they think they have to come out the gate 
with these super high-end productions. That's fundamentally false. In fact, you got Google, which is the richest company in the world. They produce a lot of really basic videos that are just, you know, they're basic teaching videos. They're n- nothing nice. It could have been done with a cell phone for all, you know, for all I know. Sure. And so the point is that depending on what your budget is, you should never allow yourself. I mean, if you own a cell phone, you really have no excuse why you're not able to do some video. It's just that you don't have enough pain yet. You don't have a strong enough desire yet to earn that trust in the marketplace. There's a lot of millionaire teenagers running around right now because they're not afraid to hit publish with those daggone cell phone videos that they're producing in their bedrooms. You see what I'm saying? Now, businesses have to have that mindset, and consumers expect imperfection when it comes to video. It's just not a Mercedes-Benz commercial on TV, folks. It's just not what it is. Now, I'm not espousing that we put junk out there. And I'm also espousing that we always try to get better. But the goal is not perfection. The goal is progress. Progress over perfection wins every single time. Certainly, that's the case with video. We've got to crawl before we walk, right? And so you can't just skip that phase. You've got to be willing to embrace the messy. There will be a messy that comes with video, I promise. But... Getting a videographer helps a lot. Understanding the strategy to video helps a lot. Like, you know, this conversation, just your 80% video. I mean, anybody that creates this 80% video that we just talked about, if they don't do any other video this year, Alex, it's a game changer for their sales team, a total game changer. And so let's just be really careful about this quest for perfection. Here's what's cool about video. Eventually, you realize it's actually quicker to produce video than it is textual content. Yeah. Uh, totally, totally aligned. Completely agree, uh, and I think it's a it's a fundamental point that also just reflects where the medium is headed and uh, the barrier to entry for anybody to do this is just so unbelievably low. And I and I really want to say thanks for just making it really clear to everybody that don't let you know perfect be the enemy of the good because it's just about getting out there. Um, point five, number five. We've kind of touched on this, but. Man, I keep hearing people say, yeah, it takes inbound at least 12, 18 months to work. <laughs> I like want to spit my drink out, man. <laughs> They're missing the whole point of this. If you do inbound the right way, it could start working for you tomorrow. You see, there's the marketing side and the SEO, search engine optimization side. That certainly is going to take more time especially if you've got major saturation in your industry. Like a digital agency, I mean, it's not easy, you know, ranking for the phrase, you know, um, you know digital marketing agencies. That's, that's difficult. But, but your sales team can integrate content into the sales process tomorrow. And if somebody said to me, Marcus, you're never going to get another new visitor to your website through the content you produce. In other words, SEO is done and over. Google doesn't exist anymore. Are you still going to produce the content? I'm like, heck yeah. Because we're so dang good at integrating content into the sales process in our different organizations that it skips so much of that tire kicking issue stuff that your typical salesperson has. We don't deal with those things. I don't deal with those bad questions that most salespeople deal with. I don't get those questions that makes the salesperson roll their eyes and say, I cannot believe I'm sitting here with this prospect. This this person's never going to buy. And that's because we integrate it into the sales process, right? And so you want to teach your sales team early on how to use it, how to make content 
their best friend, how to leverage it, and how it will impact closing rates and shorten the sales cycle. And if you do that, they're going to be bought in. And even better, if they're helping you produce that content. When we produce something, we own it. And if we own it, we appreciate it and we leverage it. And that's the whole idea. And so that's point number five. Get them involved and do it early. I want to ask you about the sales cycle. I think that's a really important point. So tell me, uh, how have you seen the the approach that you take shorten a sales cycle? Because a lot of B2B sales are actually kind of longest sales cycles, right? They're they're yeah. they're they're gonna sign up for generally in our space they're signing up for a relationship. And the relationship is ideally gonna be over multiple years. So, you know, I call that the dating phase of your uh, work relationship with a potential client. So how how have you seen this shorten the sales cycle? Bro, check this out. So one of my right. one of my crown jewel case studies is a company called Health Catalyst. And you're gonna, you can check them out right now at healthcatalyst.com if you're listening to this. Now, what they do is uh, data warehousing and healthcare analytics. It's a newer field. Um, their average deal is somewhere between 2 to $3 million. They sell to hospitals who have a ton of red tape. When they came to me and they said, Marcus, our average lead time is about 18 months. And I said, that will not always be your average lead time. They said, well, that's just kind of how it works in the medical space. And they said, furthermore, I'm not sure that hospitals are using the internet to find vendors. Once again, I just started to giggle. And so we got down to it and we embraced the philosophies of they ask, you answer. We did everything we've talked about, cost, problems, best versus reviews, all those things. We became the best teachers within the healthcare analytics space, right? And as a startup, they quickly dominated, and I'm saying dominated that industry over the likes of IBM and Oracle because of all that red tape IBM and Oracle have. They, they just didn't, they didn't get it done like the health catalysts of the world did. Today, health catalyst owns that industry, literally. They own the healthcare analytics space. And uh, one of the cool things that happened, there's a couple of things, a couple of crazy, crazy stats. When we started, they were getting about 3,000 visitors a month, organic traffic. Today, it's above 75,000 organic searches a month. These are hospitals and healthcare professionals that are doing very specific searches online about healthcare analytics, 75,000 visitors a month. So it turns out, yeah, hospitals That's are fantastic. human too, and they actually use the internet. Now, what's cool about that though, is I got a call um, not too long ago from one of the VPs. He said, Marcus, my sales team is freaking out. We just closed a $3 million deal and it took us six months. He said, Marcus, I would have sworn it was not possible to close a deal in less than 12 months when we started this. But just like everybody else, hospitals are vetting companies and vetting vendors at a very high level before the initial contact. And so once somebody embraces that reality, they'll realize it literally doesn't matter if it's a service product. Swimming pools can be a five-year lead time, dude. You know what I'm saying? Five years. And so it's really not a B2B specific thing. I understand. I mean, in terms of averages, yes, the average B2B cell is longer than the average B2C cell. That is absolutely true. But if you look at the numbers and the analytics and you say, okay, what was our lead time when this started, right? How long was our average sales cycle when this started? How, is, how long is it today, especially now that we have integrated content so well into the sales process, we've produced that 80% video, we've addressed things like cost and price on the website, we've helped filter out all those bad fits, we've talked about what a good fit and a bad fit is on the website, we've owned all these things, we're proud of who we are and what we're not, because of this, how has it impacted our sales cycle and our numbers and our bottom line? And the fact of the matter is, it's pretty daggone magical. And one last thing on this. People love, love 
an agency, a company, a service provider that's willing to call a spade a spade. You know, I've got a page on my website that says who we're not a good fit for. See, everybody says who they are a good fit for. There's nothing special about that. I've got a page that says who we're not a good fit for on my digital marketing company site. And I'm telling you, it's one of the highest converting pages of the site, Alex. And this is the mindset that your listeners have got to have. And that's what's going to make them stand out to the marketplace. Fan-freaking-tastic. Marcus, this has been awesome. I really appreciate everything that you share with us. You just unpack so much. This is definitely a podcast that everybody got to listen to at 0.8 speed because there's just so much here. Dude, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for your uh, for just sharing. It was great. Man, it's, it's my pleasure. I mean, I, I love this stuff. Like I said, it changed my whole life. And so um, I'm honored to uh, to talk to you about it. That's just great. Listen, um, if our listeners want to connect with you, Marcus, how would they do that? What would be the best way? And I, I know you probably get a lot of requests, so I ask a question with a bit of trepidation. But if they're interested, how would they do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I love getting personal emails. I'll give my personal email out right now. It's M Sheridan, M S H E R I D A N at impactbnd.com. B is in Bravo, N is in Nancy, D is in David, impactbnd.com. The website is impactbnd.com. You can find me. We got a great Facebook um, group, uh, open group. It's called uh, Impact Elite. It's where all these marketers and agencies come and share all the best practice. So I would invite you to that and uh, email me any questions that you have. This is what I do. It's what I love to do. I speak and teach all over the world. And so I'm just glad to do it today with you, Alex. Uh, dude, it was just great. I really appreciate this. So... I also want to say thanks to our listeners. Uh, Having Marcus on the show comes directly from a question that I got from a listener about inbound marketing. So keep having those questions come in. If you enjoyed today's podcast, give it a rating. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thanks again, Marcus. It was just great. And to our listeners again, thanks for tuning in. I look forward to having you on our next episode of What I Wish I'd Known.